from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the official podcast of the Archdiocese. Here now your moderator, Public Affairs Director Taylor Henry. Thank you, Elizabeth O'Saul. And with me on the phone today from Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, a very special guest, Ann Schmalstig, a Gold Star wife who has an art exhibit coming up at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. Ms. Schmalstig, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Tell me about this art exhibit. It's um, it's entitled Requiem, um, and that title might be shifting a little bit. We're still a little bit ahead of, ahead of it. It's going to be throughout the month of November, and um, it's based on the propers of the Requiem Mass. Um, so those are the those are the parts of the Mass that are particular to the funeral Mass, the Catholic funeral Mass, and. Um, what what the what the exhibit is intended to do to do is to express both the uh, the communal meaning the church as as we are church the communal experience and also the individual individual experience of um, of that that uh, moment of sorrow and um, so yeah so it's 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 composed of both uh, encaustic panels which are that's a that's a fused wax panels, as well as um, as well as, as floral paintings in oils, um, and and it kind of goes back and forth between the floral paintings, which express uh, the individual experience, and the encaustic panels, which are based on the the propers of the mass. You can think of um, illuminated chant manuscripts. They're, uh, they they take the those parts of the mass, and they they uh, they express it visually through through small illuminations. And these works of art will all, were all done by yourself, correct? Right. Yes. And they were inspired by the death of your husband in Afghanistan, correct? Right. Yeah. I, um, that that happened back in December of 2010, and um, ever since then, I've been wanting to do something. And it's been, it's, I, I couldn't figure out exactly what to do. And basically, the floral paintings are from that experience, basically, through these past over seven years. Um, the floral paintings are, are what, um, basically, how, how I expressed uh, time, moments of time from there. Um, and it was actually this past, I guess, January or February, that the full, a full concept of of what, what this this series with the encaustic panels, with it being based on the Requiem Mass, um, it was this past January, or February, that I, that everything seemed to fall into place. So it's it's been um, over over seven years in the making, in a sense. Well, let me say uh, thank you for your sacrifice and the sacrifice of your husband. Uh, tell us a little bit about him, please. He's a um, gunnery sergeant, Justin Schmolstig. He, um, 
he he was an EOD tech. Um, he was very, very good at his job. He loved his job. Um, he actually told me one time that the reason why he loved being an EOD tech was because it's not just protecting uh, his men and, you know, the, 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 the guys and girls that are over there, but it's also um, protecting the people that live there because, of course, uh, they would they would set these IEDs out there, and they don't they don't care about the people that end up being being killed because of because that that live there, you know, because of these these IEDs. Um, and that's that's just one of those that that really made a lot of sense to me as to why why he why he loved being a marine, but also why he loved being an EOD tech. Um, and what is an EOD tech for those of us who don't know? That's an explosive ordnance disposal. So his job was to go in and clear out the roadside bombs. Right, right. How long had he been in Afghanistan when he was killed? He was he deployed in um, in October, October that year. Then it was December. So it was, it was about two months. And uh, your husband had converted to Catholicism the year before, correct? Right. Yeah. We. Um, so, uh, while we were dating, he would go to he would go to church me with me. We went to a, a church that was off base, and um, and he was agnostic at the time. Although his family was, they um, they they were they started practicing the Catholic faith whenever his younger brother was was baptized, and and Justin was in high school at that time. Um, so Justin was a bit of an agnostic. But he would go to church with me whenever um, on the weekends. Whenever I would come down to visit, I was I was in graduate school at that time, and whenever he proposed, and we went through um, we went through the wedding prep on base with Deacon CJ. It was it was really really good wedding wedding preparation, and in the course of the wedding prep, he recommended to Justin that that he take part in the RCIA, RCIA just to kind of get a sense as to who like what this what the Catholic Church teaches since he's marrying a Catholic girl. And so Justin started taking part in the RCIA program, and, and I would actually take part whenever I could also. And I was very impressed by, by the program because, of course, they're dealing with people that, um, you know, encounter the, the, the worst, the worst, you know, the worst of war. And, and they're, you know, Deacon was answering the questions and answering it from a Catholic perspective, and and just the recognition that you know the church has has a response to the joys and the sorrows of life. Um, that's something that that even being cradle Catholic myself, I didn't quite realize how much the church offered until it was through the RCA program, and um, and also with our, the conversations that I would have with Justin, just kind of talking about. Um, what you know, what we encountered through that, that really um, deepened my relationship with Justin. Also, just to kind of uh, connect not only in our normal relationship, but also in a spiritual relationship, was was a blessing. Um, mm. And he, so he, he actually came into the church the the Easter after we were married, and that was the Easter before he deployed the last time. So you had been married uh, about a year. When he was killed. Yeah, it was a, a year, a month, and seven days. Looking back now, how important is it to you that he had gone through RCIA and converted to 
uh, or join the Catholic Church? Well, it, um, it, was, it was interesting because I, I didn't expect it to be as important as it turned out to be. Um, my dad is, is not Catholic, so I, I, I see the dynamic with my parents, and they have a wonderful relationship, and, the, and it's and I, I actually have I've gotten to know my dad's faith quite a bit more, and um, and so the un, the understanding of you know not having the same faith as your spouse I, that, that wasn't very much of an issue for me. But whenever um, whenever we ended up having these these conversations, and it ended up being as as we were we were able to actually pray together, which is what was such a blessing with him coming into the church we were we were able to pray the rosary together and with him sitting next to me at mass and and things like that were um where your husband not being at your side um that um let, let, me, let me say actually um the experience of praying with your husband so you're you're not just you know praying with your with your thoughts and your words. You're praying with your heart and your heart joining with your husband. Um, that experience helps greatly in the experience of not having him physically at my side. Because whenever I go to mass and I, you know, my heart is a part of the mass, and I know his heart is a part of, you know, the mass in eternity. And so that's a place where we can still unite. Okay, to sum up, your husband Justin was in the United States Marines. Uh, this was his first deployment to Afghanistan when he was when he was killed. Right, but he was um, he was in Iraq. I think it was it was three times prior to that. I see. How does his memory and the experience of your marriage, his conversion, tie into the art exhibit that will be at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception here in Washington, D.C. during the month of November. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's, the, the work is, is, is uh, dedicated to him, um, and it's, it's the fruit of, of basically, um, Realizing the beauty of life that I that I learned through Justin and through our experience together, and which actually was revealed even more so with understanding the church's perspective on life and on marriage, um, and so it's 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 recognizing and expressing the beauty of life, and also um, confronting that that. Uh, very very difficult reality that we that we live in with with the reality of of death um recognizing that um god did not create us to die and that there's life beyond i know you uh told us a little bit about the exhibit when we first started talking uh what kinds of artworks will be on display? I'm looking at one that you sent me. It's a beautiful, looks like a watercolor, but I can't tell. Uh, anyhow, it's a, a clear vase with uh, white flowers. Very simple. 
and yet elegant at the same time. Um, is this the uh, representative of the uh, art that we'll be seeing at the Basilica? Yes, there will be, um, be a number of small floral paintings along those lines, and that's, that's, a, that's a little, that's an oil painting. Um, and the, the oil paintings, um, they end up part of, part of, um, part of the, what I would do as, as a gold star wife, uh, when I would have my moments, um, of, of, of sorrow, and, and it's difficult because you can't quite, um, you don't quite know what to do with them, and it's, it's something that, you know, you, you can't just, it, it just, it just, it's a period of time that you're, that you're in a bit of a, a bit of an agony, um, and so within those, within those moments, I would, um, I would do floral paintings because it's an expression of life as a gift, but also recognizing that life, unfortunately, is cut short. The fact that life is cut short does not change the fact that, it is, that life is beautiful. And so in the midst of the, the pain and the midst of the, the, the agony of, of those moments, my aim was to, was to create an expression of the beauty of life. It's looking directly at, looking directly at the pain that you're encountering um, and not trying to numb yourself from it, not trying to ignore it. Um, because that, for one thing, when we try to numb ourselves, that's often in, in we're desperate to get out of what we're, what we're experiencing. And that's often in an, an unhealthy ways. Um, but also recognizing that that pain is because of love. Love is good. Love is something that, you know, that's, that's, that is an eternity. Um, the pain is love in the context of loss. And in a sense, it's, it's, a, it's a way to embrace, embrace the cross, embrace the beauty of the cross. But, and, and recognizing that the cross is, is not hiding the fact that the cross is hard. That the cross is, is has, you're, you're in dark times when you're holding on to that cross. Tell us a little bit about how you deal with the grief. I can certainly sympathize with you. My daughter died at the age of 25 of brain cancer. And I found that the grief is something that doesn't really ever go away. You live, if anything, you learn to live with it. Is that your experience? That's, that's pretty accurate. Um, I've, I was told once that, um, what was it, you don't, you, you never actually get over it. You kind of just get, get better at it, in a sense, where you, um, because it, it, it is a part of your heart. And it is, you know, there there are always those moments when, when, you know, whatever whatever good happens, you know that it would be better if your loved one was by your side. Um, and I'm grateful for for um, the 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 good and the joys that I that I do encounter. Um, and it, and I try to focus on on not being blinded by my grief to not and, and to be able to see the good that 
that exists um, and to appreciate that. But it's it is it is so very difficult, and and it really is something that I you know a person can't do that by themselves, Re- relying you know asking others for help. That's I mean you can't do this stuff alone, and that's that's a major major um, major thing because it's the tempt the temptation is to is to uh, is to hide. And you found a way of coping through your art. Did you paint before your husband died? I did. Yes, I, I was in graduate school for for I was earning my my master's of fine arts in painting. And where so, was that? So, but I was in Laguna College of Art and Design near and Camp that Pendleton. Was actually, um, yeah, so that was actually my um, painting is actually part of my part of my way of communicating. So so I I see the paintings more as a communication to others as as opposed to a sense of a um, kind of a therapy. It's kind of it's just a, a part of the language that I use. And so, um, so that so the paintings also ended up being part of the intent with sharing it with other people is just knowing, knowing that other people experience this. I mean, I'm not the only I'm not the only widow in the world, obviously, and and you know just just kind of giving an, a form of expression that can be shared with others because others go through go through these terrible hardships also. Now tell us about your membership in the Gold Star Wives. Um, it's it's a club no one wants to be along no one, no one wants to belong to. Um, whenever I was I was still living uh, close to Camp Pendleton for for some time maybe maybe 5 or 6 years after everything happened and um and so there was a lot of a lot of support with other with other women in the same situation um and that was i I was very grateful for that it's it's something you don't necessarily um you don't reach out often as often as you probably should but people are there to to offer support and a lot of the gold star wives offer so much so much support that I'm very grateful for that um, I'm now living in an area where there's there's it's not a military community so that that change in itself was a bit jarring um, what brought you to so, Beaver Falls Pennsylvania well there's um there's a church that actually they um they they asked or the, the priest asked if I could do some artwork for them so I, I moved out to Beaver Falls and I, I completed a couple paintings for them how long have you been there now? Um, it's been about three years. And how did your art get selected to be exhibited at the Basilica? I actually, I actually uh, submitted a proposal to them. I, um, I, in February, when January, February, when all of this, when I was finally figured out how I would put together this this requiem series, um, and I was seeking a, a, a the right place for it. I actually called around a couple places, and um, it was—I forget what it was specifically that that brought the basilica to mind. Um, but but I ended up contacting them, and I submitted a, a, a proposal, just basically expressing what I planned to do. And the curator um, was was happy to to meet with me and to discuss it, and and 
everything just seemed to kind of fall in place with that. And where inside the Basilica will your art be displayed? It'll be in the, mem- the Memorial Hall, which is on the bottom level. So it's outside of where they have the daily mass. Just outside the Crypt Church? Yes. How many pieces of art will be exhibited? There are six encaustic panels. and the, So those are the, the chant. They're like chant manuscripts. And then... Um, I haven't officially decided on the number of, of floral paintings yet. I'm still working out those details. Will any of the works be for sale? That's, um, I, I have not decided on that yet. Anne Schmalstig, a member of the Gold Star Wives whose husband Justin uh, died in combat in Afghanistan December 15th, 2010. Her Art exhibit entitled Requiem will be on display at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception on Michigan Avenue in Northeast Washington from October 29th through November 29th. Ms. Schmalstig, thank you so much for sharing with me today. Thank you for having me.